Hello, I'm Arafat, I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Coco Melon! Coco Melon. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Slow Pit Stop, the international Formula One podcast by fans for fans all around the world. My name's Arafat, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Mohammed. Say hi, Mohammed. Ayo! So we've got a great show for you today. Um, we're going to be covering a bit of news in terms of who's going to jail and who isn't, who's got some new contract, who's trying to save the environment and kill our children at the same time, Ooh. and then a little bit about our president, um, not Biden, Ben Salem. And then we're going to get <laughs> onto the race. And instead of talking about the race and the sprint, how we usually do, um, we're going to pick out a few key drivers that we want to talk about and talk about their weekends. Um and then, yeah, take it from there. So, Mohammed, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I just want to tell our listeners that the reason we're recording this a week late is that this is how long it took us to recover from Sunday's race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was quite a moment. Um, it's it's to the point that when I started recording today, I was like, how did Lewis do? What what happened? Like, I had completely forgotten. Yeah. So it takes me a full week It was week such to a long time sometime. ago. Exactly. Yeah. Also, you've been doing, what, 12, 13-hour shifts overnight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been working, uh, like, nonstop. It's, 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 been, yeah. it's been a ride. And my 12, 13-hour shifts are all day. So trying to coordinate that plus a time difference across the Atlantic <laughs> is interesting. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, should we, should we get into the news? Let's do it. So, Mohammed, Bernie Eccleston has avoided jail time by being rich. Apparently, he had four hundred million pounds in Singapore and pleaded mm-hmm. guilty to be given a suspended jail sentence. I think like seventeen months or something, mm-hmm. and he was fined six hundred and fifty-three million pounds. Initially, when I saw this news story, I was like, "Yeah, they got him. He pleaded guilty." And then I was like, "Hang on, wait. His punishment is a fine, which, when you're that rich and he's ninety-three years old or something, is essentially irrelevant." Well, so the one headline was even more confusing. It was like Bernie Eccleston uh, sentenced to like 17 months in prison with two year suspension or something. So at first I was like, yeah, 17 months in prison. And then I was like, wait, two year suspension. And then I was like doing math, like 17 minus 24. Oh, he's not going to prison at all. <laughs> like, like, so yeah, so I don't, I don't understand. Um, well, actually, I do understand. But this is like the perfect end to a Bernie Eccleston story. He went to jail, but then he didn't have to go to jail. But did you know about um, the German trial? I think this was 2014. The German trial? Do you know about this? No, I didn't know. Did he go on trial? So, you know, like Liberty Media owns Formula One. Yeah. So they've been owned by different people over the years. And I think Bernie Eccleston, he paid a bribe of something like $100 million dollars. Oh, wow. To someone, um, who was it? It was someone called like Gerhard Grabkowski. And he paid him a bribe to like, um, I don't know, ensure a company that he favored could buy a stake in Formula One. Hmm. And he denied any wrongdoing. So he was like, I didn't do anything wow. wrong. And I think it was through some weird loophole in the German um, system Oh, yeah. So here it is. He paid the German court $100 million to end the case. Because if the case went through and he was found guilty, 
one, he wouldn't have been able to lead Formula One anymore because it was like mm. obviously a massive conflict of in- uh, interest. Mm-hmm. And he would have had a 10-year jail sentence. Wow. So he paid so that the court case wouldn't go through. And yeah, the, 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 he was accused of paying a German banker 33 million euros to ensure a company he favored could buy a stake in Formula One. So he was like, I wasn't guilty. The case didn't go through. I was like, mm. yeah, because you use this weird loophole to pay the court. The banker that he paid, mm-hmm. right, is in jail <laughs> for being guilty for accepting a bribe. Oh my God. <laughs> so we've got a situation where a man is in jail, guilty of accepting a bribe, but the man who paid the bribe is quote Not unquote in innocent because he was so rich, he didn't have to. Wait, so in Germany, if you pay $100 million to the court, they'll dismiss any case you have? That's I don't incredible. think it's any case. I don't think you can like get away with murder, but because it was like financial something, they were like... So the government, the government's basically like, it's a financial case because we lost out on some stake of money. If you just pay us that stake of money, we'll all be good. So that's what he did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Classic Bernie. But it's... Uh, it's just it's insane but yeah so it's just that that again isn't it yeah insane (laughs) uh 17 months with two-year suspension yeah go on yeah oh yes more news stories so pirelli was awarded a new tire contract from 2027 Mm. on the same weekend that everybody was very upset with them because their tires were dying (laughs) <laughs> I was really hoping the contract would go to the Walmart tire company Nexen because I, I just think <laughs> that they're really cool. I got I got a set of four tires from them and within six months all four of them burst. So to me, that's great. If they can last six months on the road, they can last the entire race without greening. Yeah, that's true. So that's <laughs> Yeah. A situation like this has occurred before. Because mm-hmm. you'll remember the USA Grand Prix that had only yeah. like six cars start because Michelin was like, we can't guarantee the safety. And so the powers that be at the time just said, okay, no one can race. Yeah. So apparently this was a similar situation, but everyone was like, let's make some compromises. Let's have mm-hmm. forced number of pit stops. Let's change some of the white lines. And they thought by doing that, they are um, making things... I don't know, better? I think it was. I think it was better than not having a race. Um, I actually don't think it's Pirelli's fault because it was was very track specific. It was the way the curbs were. And apparently someone from Pirelli had been like muttering about this from January, according to the Jose Ward blog. They've been like trying to warn people about this, but no one listened. So I've actually got Pirelli's on my car. Not because yeah, so do I. I I'm very chose... excited about it. <laughs> yeah, my Pirellis came with the car. Oh, nice! Um, and I was like, oh look, it says Pirelli on it. I didn't go out and buy them. But what I find fascinating is I used to always buy relatively cheap tires, mm-hmm. and every sort of I don't know eight, ten thousand miles, I'd have to change them. Mm-hmm. So I've got twenty-seven thousand miles on my car just now, and mm-hmm. at the last MOT, um, my tires are only like half worn down. And yeah, like, you yeah, didn't you, have to change you... them, right? Yeah. They go and go and go. Yeah. So I know everyone hates on Pirelli right now, but yeah, I I, I don't think this situation was their fault. 
Well, I don't, I don't think it's their fault either. I, I think it's really the track's fault. I think they added those curbs yeah. that made the situation really bad. And those curbs weren't there two years ago when we raced. So, But at the same time, Pirelli probably should have looked at it a little bit closer. It is their job to do that. I will say that I think it's very unimpressive that the Pirellis you have lasted like more than two years. Like I said, my Walmart tires, they lasted six months. And I consider that very good. So I have Pirellis now, though. So I've joined the bandwagon. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine a Walmart F1 car. That would be amazing. Oh my god, it would be. Am- Why do I feel like they would sponsor Red Bull? Oh my god, do they actually currently sponsor Red Bull? I think they do. They did at I one think... point. I don't know if they still yeah. do, but they did. Because I, I, I feel like I remember the Sun logo being on. I let yeah. me, I'm gonna check it right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes, they do. Walmart used to sponsor Red Bull. <gasps> oh my God! I wish there were a name sponsor. So it could be like Walmart Red Bull Racing. That would be so funny. <laughs> yes, I'd love that. We need more of that. We need more random companies sponsoring teams. So we'd have like yeah. I don't know, um, Pampers Mercedes Racing. Exactly, Pampers Mercedes Racing, Chipotle Haas Racing. I can't believe Chipotle is yes. the official sponsor. Chipotle of Haas. Haas Racing. <laughs> Amazing. What about? So we we said Boss Toro Rosso, mm-hmm. um, Aston Martin. Who would we get to sponsor them? Alpha Tori. <laughs> Alpha Tori. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, speaking of teams using the same things again and again, uh, McLaren is going to use recycled carbon fiber at the next race. I think in some mm-hmm. elements around, you know, like not the halo, but you know the thing that goes yeah. over near the side of their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said in their press release, um, just one percent of carbon fiber uh, manufactured, if it was to be recycled, it could save thirty-two thousand tons of carbon emissions. Wow, that's cool. They're like pioneering and doing some research and making the whole thing more sustainable and less carbon mm-hmm. intensive. My problem with McLaren is their sponsor is British American Tobacco. That's why they have. I don't know how to pronounce it, VUSA or whatever, and Mm -hmm. Lyft, L-Y-F-T. These are all nicotine products. Mm -hmm. And McLaren are huge for teenagers and young people. Mm -hmm. Like everywhere I go, all I see is the papaya jumper. Like Mm -hmm. when I see people in the street, in the park, whatever, everyone's a McLaren fan. And they're just promoting these like vape products and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, great. So you're like, recycling some carbon fiber but damaging everyone's health in the process I'm so happy for you <laughs> i know it's, it's really quite funny um looking at that it's the same thing with like any of these teams that support vaping and yeah <laughs> but you know what's funny to me yeah. is like are any of these like big technological advancements gonna make it out of f1 like the sustainable fuel and like um, yeah 100 percent. you think so i always do yeah, everything oh, okay. was in F1 first, so like anti-lock brakes and oh, really? um, turbos and all of that. Yeah, that's why F1, the reason the manufacturer started leaving was because F1 stopped being relevant to the road car projects. So like, why are oh. we spending R&D here and into dead ends? And yeah. So that's why they're like, hey, let's use sustainable fuels, because in reality, although we want everybody driving like non-emission cars, like electric mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm the infrastructure just isn't there but yeah definitely these sustainable fuels you can just put them into every petrol station what do you call them mm-hmm. gas gas shop gas um, shops 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, all of that exists. You just have to put the fuel in and that you see Vettel doing his demonstrations with yeah. old F1 cars. He just puts the sustainable fuel in and it goes. So, I, so I what is sustainable about sustainable it? Is it just that it's, it's not like you don't have to drill for it? Like what is this? Is bio-made synthetic? Yeah. So, and, and they use carbon capture from the environment for the carbon that's in the fuel. Oh, okay. Hmm, that's pretty. So it's yeah, not I mean, I, that it's, it doesn't have emissions or whatever. It's carbon neutral, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that like some of the uh, recharge the battery technology is making it out of F one. I know Mercedes has it, where if you like hit the brakes, that um, potential energy is stored and goes back into your engine in a little mini hybrid. And my car that I have now does that too, when it's not like an F one car like derivative or whatever so i think i see some of the technology coming out but i think the synthetic fuel would be a game changer because not everyone wants electric cars and people really are starting to look down on electric cars now so if you could sell them that you'll have a real engine but it's synthetic fuel i think that's pretty cool Mm. yeah i don't i I don't get the electric hate i have an electric car i think it's amazing there's so much hate but yeah anyway (laughs) um speaking of so much hate uh, Mohammed bin Salim made an appearance at the Qatar Grand Prix, <laughs> ah, and I, I think he has big Uncle G energy. Um, <laughs> so in February, he announced he'd be stepping back from Formula One. He was like, my my work is done here. And people are like, oh, are you stepping back because you've made lots of comments that people don't like? And there's a secret plan in the background to have like a coup and have you replaced. He's like, no, 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 my work is done. Hmm. And now he's suddenly appearing. He's always on the camera. You know, after the sprint race on Saturday, he was like first up talking to the winning driver, making sure he was on camera, all of this sort of stuff. And like from the Joe Sayward blog again, he was talking about how the teams are noticing that Ben Salem has appeared and they're blaming him for the Andretti situation. So he says, you know, some teams are saying sort of (laughs) lukewarm things in public because they want to be polite. But in reality, all the teams are against Andretti joining. Wow. Because they feel it's going to impact their finances. Yeah. And for a team like Ferrari Mercedes, you could be like, well, you're making loads anyway. But like James Valls came on and explained for Williams, you know, they've spent a lot in investment yeah. and they're still not mm-hmm. um, financially stable yet. And they need a bit more time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of other teams are like, if you wanted Andretti here so bad, why not help facilitate the sale to Sauber? And there's mm-hmm. lots of rumors now being like, oh, Audi has cold feet. Could they still buy oh, Sauber? Really? Oh, Could they God. buy AlphaTauri? Yeah, so it's not that Audi actually have cold feet. It's they've got a new person in charge mm-hmm. who doesn't want to spend as much money. Hmm. Or essentially, well, I, I think Audi's initial plan was being like, hey, we're going to fund this entire thing. Whereas now this yeah. person's like, we're not going to fund this entire thing. We need like external sponsors, whoever. But remember Porsche wanted to sponsor Red Bull? Yeah, and like develop their sustainable fuels and all of that stuff mm-hmm. so now someone's like well they could take some of that Porsche money and mm-hmm. it's all in-house it's all under the Volkswagen brand anyway and mm-hmm. promote Porsche's fuel and engine mm-hmm. oils or whatever that they're doing I don't understand but um, so that might be what happens um, but I think the only happy ending for everyone is if Andretti buys off Atari hmm. Um, that, that would definitely be a happy ending but it would be actually that would be perfect that would actually be perfect because one red bull doesn't have a b team two andretti's in the sport three um something but yeah that's a perfect solution we should do that 
Let's us two facilitate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. Sorry, my mic was on mute and I was like, oh, this is a problem. Um, but the other thing that's perfect about it, mm-hmm. apart from Ferrari, Alfa Tauri is the other team that is based in Italy. Ooh. And Andretti is of Italian, Italian origin. Descent. Remember, he was yeah. an Italian refugee. Mm, so perfect. I think it would it would be perfect. Full circle this is coming him back returning to, to Italy. His country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. I, think that'd be I love cool. the solution that we have come up with independently ourselves. We should yeah. we should be given jobs and lots of cash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's next on the news items? Um, that was all the news I had. Oh, Just... I was gonna say about Mohammed Ben Salim. I think it's so funny how he shows up to like every race now. Like the FIA is supposed to be more than F1. But clearly they yeah. aren't, and he's just like, yeah. I wonder what his doesn't he give is. off such Uncle G vibes? He does. I know. I I, I roll my eyes so hard whenever I see him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a like, lot of the teams blame him because they're like, "You opened this process. You started this. <laughs> like, we would have never been having a conversation about Andretti if you'd not, for some reason, opened this process." I think what they should do is they should have fifteen teams, and then they should mandate three stops every race and just have carnage from now until mm-hmm. forever yeah <laughs> yeah why not um speaking of carnage should we get into the weekend yeah let's get into the carnage weekend so tell me about saturday and specifically the the, the problems that we saw i'm not gonna lie i forgot everything about saturday but there were like a trillion track limit stuff well so lewis and and george like qualified third and fifth but ended up starting second and third because everyone had lap times deleted it was like austria but austria was or this was a little better because austria they waited until like you know two days after the race to be like oh this is everyone's actual starting position on the grid whereas here at least they were saying it um right after the race ended so you would finish the race and be like oh i've qualified seventh Let's see if that's actually 15th or third. Like you had no idea. So quite quite the <laughs> quite the track limit thing. Shall I be honest with you about something? These crisps that I'm eating, they're called the best. Let me show you. The best hand cooked oh, sea salt and cider vinegar. Looks so good. They are so thick and crunchy that I felt like the bones in my head were shaking. And I couldn't hear you over the sound of the crunching in my own head. Is that kettle cooked? Or kettle Yeah. Kettle fried? That's why. The kettle ones are always yeah. insane. They like break your teeth. <laughs> yeah. But basically really what good. I I'm said enjoying was this. But yeah. No, I, I I could hear you, but I was just okay. like, <laughs> I was like crunch, crunch, crunch through. Yeah. But um yeah, this this thing about the steward decisions taking so long, like Oscar was being interviewed and then finding out he was being demoted um oh man and i think some teams have around like 30 plus people in their own remote operations facilities like i've seen the one at alpine during a weekend i was remember when i went to the alpine factory yeah <laughs> and i i saw the one there and you we've, you can see on youtube and things the hq that they have at mclaren mm-hmm. um and there's some rumors that these teams have like a person following each car like of all the rivals and other teams wow. so like your job is just sit and watch carlos signs feed and you just sit and watch verstappen's feed or whatever that makes sense that's and so cool. they'll be like yeah and they'll be like hey hey i saw verstappen go off track limits or whatever and so they report it to the fi and the fi mm. will look into it 
apparently the FIA only has like three or four people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's why there's such a backlog because teams must be complaining and then they have to look through everything and it takes such a long time. And it's just like, I don't know, it's like a billion dollar sport. Just hire a few more people. And so, also you know, the track have... limit thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said, I, I have a ring doorbell and sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to see like... It uh, looks like a, a mailman came and left the package, but I'm like scrolling through and it takes me a while to get the clip and then I get to finally find it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, here he is. Oh, he actually put it in the bush. That's where the package is. takes me a long process. It, it's crazy that the FIA essentially has the same process for looking at track. What? Oh, lap 16. Oh, turn 15. Ah, where's the turn 15 clip? Uh, this is the wrong angle. Oh, th- there's the angle. Is that Carlos? Nope, that's yeah. Checo. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly the same. And this is the thing, like track limits. Like, I don't understand. When you play Formula One on the PlayStation game, <laughs> it's like, oh, you went over the edge of the track. But in real life, they can't manage that. Like, <laughs> I mean, they could. Like I said, they should put little sensors that vibrate your steering wheel. My car does that. Yeah. My car freaks out when I try to go off the road. Exactly. Like, and forces yeah. you back in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can do that. Little sensors. Fine. <laughs> Should we talk about specific people and how their weekend uh, went? Yeah, let's let's go down the list. Who's number one? So I'm going to start with George. Number one, got um, it. Yeah. So George, um, in the sprint race, he started what, second we said? Uh, Yeah, second. No, he started further back. I can't remember, whatever. No, he anyway, was he was in the lead second. at one point. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the lead at one point. And as he overtook, did you see that he... He radioed the team. I know, I like, oh, that. what a move. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What a goober. <laughs> it's just, it's so got, George though, isn't it? He's um, going to make a good move and be like, wow, that's probably the best move of the season. I yeah, did that. <laughs> but I suddenly found myself being like, I can't, I can't deal with it if he wins. Um, and I was like, come on Oscar come on Max come on anyone just get ahead of it and then when his tires went off and he ended up in fourth just ahead of Lewis and Lewis had a great race where did he yeah. start 12th or something no and he third. went all the way up to fifth 12th. yeah 12th yeah yeah and he's made some really nice moves on the Ferraris and things and I was like yeah Lewis has had a great race uh and despite his advantage at the start uh, George has ended up only one position ahead of him but in hmm. my mind I, I couldn't cope with the idea of George winning that I know, me too. And I can't believe it took George Russell to make me start rooting for Max Verstappen again. Yeah. Like, what the hell is How much is prestige that? are we adding to sprint wins? Like, if George won, <laughs> would we be like, he was a winner in Mercedes in the 2023? Uh, or are we just like, the sprint that. races? I can't talk about that because he actually won a real Grand Prix. But if you're, let's, let's, let's use Oscar as an example. Because Oscar yeah. won. So, yeah, I don't know. He's an F1 race winner. But what does that yeah. mean, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know how much prestige is attached to that but should we should we get back to our mercedes boys on what happened on sunday yeah oh my god well even saturday so i'm surprised that like the soft tires were really not gonna last because it took three safety cars for the soft run tire people to barely make it to the end and um yeah basically that takes us to sunday where nobody wants to start on a start on a soft tire because there's mandated three oh so much happened Sunday. Let's just get into Sunday. So Lewis starts on the soft. He's in third. George is mm-hmm. in second on mediums. Mm-hmm. And Max is obviously in pole. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Lewis gets a great launch because he's on softs, lines up alongside George, and then the two Mercedes hit each other and Lewis has taken out the race. And all of us collectively had a I hate George moment then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even Lewis had a I hate George moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, like people looked at replays and this and that and whatever else and were like, oh, well, actually, George couldn't go anywhere because Max was to the side of him. So Lewis should have left more space, blah, blah, blah. And Lewis was like, yeah, it was my fault. Um, but then I was like blaming lots of other things. I was like, these cars are too big. We need to go back to the way it was in 2007. Uh, this is why Lewis, because I remember he hit Alonso in a similar way in Belgium at yeah. some point. Um, and I was like, these cars are too big. Lewis doesn't know where his rear wheel is. Uh, <laughs> but um, what else was I going to say? Yeah. And then lots of people are like, oh, should Mercedes have had a plan? If you're putting the car behind on the faster tire, they've had a discussion about how they're going to manage that blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. i don't know what did you make of the video of lewis going up and hugging george oh okay there's a lot to unpack let's start with the actual accident itself so first of all mercedes is going to put lewis on a soft tire like after what i just said that the soft tires barely last like essentially lasting 10 laps that means Lewis has to take the lead at the end of the first lap. Like, he has to. Because otherwise, it's a waste yeah. of a tire. He didn't, and have, both... he didn't have enough mediums. That was his problem. Yeah, but even then, like, the two people ahead of him are on medium. So, if he's going to start on a soft, regardless of reason why, he has to finish ahead of both of them. And George did say that, yeah, we discussed this in the beginning that we're both on different tires. So, really, like, George should have known Lewis is going to go for an aggressive overtake. And George himself should not have gotten in the way knowing that he's eventually going to get the spot back because Lewis said he had to he had to pit on like the eighth or ninth lap based on the new rules about like the 17 laps or whatever he's gonna have to pit on lap eight or nine so George should have known so yes okay maybe Lewis came out and said it's my fault I think that was very magnanimous of him I don't think he should have done that because now everyone's going to think that it really was his fault but he I think he just said it in the sake of team harmony I think he still knows that George is the future of the team and he's kind of just sticking around so he can get his eighth and so he's trying to keep George happy uh, and I think that's why he went up and hugged him. I um, I hate the Mercedes response to it because when George crashed out of his own volition, FYI, he was they were like, oh, you know, this is going to hurt for a long time and we're all going to be crying until the day we all die or whatever. They kept it really melodramatic. But when Lewis is crashes out like that, there's no anything about it. They're just like, yeah, Lewis crashed out. It sucks. But hey, George finished fourth. So I don't know. I thought that was very upsetting. But at the same time, I mean... <sighs> I, I still blame George. I still think George should have backed out of that situation. Even if it was technically Lewis's fault. These are teammates who know the plan. It's not like that was a Ferrari. You know, if it was a Ferrari, you could be like, you know, he's going to try and win the race because he's, you know, different team. But George and Lewis knew the plan. Their goal was a double podium. They had everything they needed to keep the double podium. They should. I think George should have backed out. It's just very unfortunate. What did you make of the video on social media of Lewis going up to hug George Russell and give him a yeah, hug? Yeah, I think, yeah. like I said, he's just trying to keep the team harmony. And I, I think he just did it so he keeps George happy because he knows George is the future of the team. But otherwise, I don't think he... I but mean, you know, if whatever. like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm being really cynical. If that was <laughs> captured by like the F1 cameras, you'd be like, oh, look, it's like a nice little... <laughs> there was a bit of me that was like, have Mercedes set this up? Have they like forced Lewis <laughs> to go 
propaganda and say, sorry <laughs> yeah like is this mercedes propaganda is lewis being forced to like but to whose benefit on how many court- george fans are out there honestly compared to lewis fans like who are we benefiting george i think it's george like he just wants this cat this photo op of him getting hugged by lewis so that he knows that he's the future of the team right i don't know it's not the fans the fans are going to take lewis aside more than george all day yeah Look, the reality is if they have a car that can fight for wins, this is going to get really messy really fast. And we need yeah. to have a, there needs think, to be a conversation with George. Yeah, I think um, we're going to have like a McLaren 2007 situation. And if if the Mercedes is faster next year, I think George is going to take too many points off Lewis. That's going to make me so mad. I will actually cry. I think there needs to be a conversation had early on. Whoever is leading by round five gets the preferential treatment all year and just keep it that way. And if Lewis is leading, which I really think he would be because he was leading early on this year, then George just needs to understand that, okay, this year my goal is P2 in the championship and that's it. Like, yeah, because otherwise that's insane. If he's going to keep Lewis from getting an eight, if he keeps Lewis from getting an eight, I'm going to hate him more than I hate Max. Max is a different racer. Yeah. This is his teammate, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think you can control him like that. I don't think he'll... The way he comes on the radio every two minutes being like, hey guys, I had a great idea. Why don't we keep Lewis behind me? What do we think about that? It would be a mega move by me. <laughs> oh my God. So. You know, I remember last year when Asmara was on our podcast and she was like, I hate George. Mm. And I was like, why? And then Adam was on our podcast. He's like, I hate George. And I was like, why? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand the hate. I think I'm now the president of the, I hate George. Russell yeah. Fan Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm joining in. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can be the vice president. They, they could see things that we couldn't see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now, now, now our eyes are open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of seeing things that we couldn't see before, Oscar Piastri. Mm. <laughs> so he won the race on Saturday, which was mm-hmm. incredible for him. Um, my favorite thing about that was, have you seen his mom's got a Twitter account? No, what is she saying? Or X or whatever it's called. And she was just <laughs> like, because he was like, was was he on pole? How did he? Yeah, he was on pole. He was on yeah. pole, right? Yeah. yeah. So after he got pole, she was just like, I guess I'm going to have to cancel my Pilates class and actually watch the race. <laughs> uh, does that mean she's not regularly watching his races? It's not like he's in Formula One or anything, like the biggest sport. Yeah, ever. I know, right? Well, I dream. suppose time difference, because she's in Australia, right? So mm. it's tricky. I'm um, happy for him, though. It's like when Liam Lawson got his first points and his whole family was there to like celebrate with him. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. So I love when parents... I think I had like, Piastri wrong. Okay. Because initially, you know when the whole Alpine thing happened? Yeah. And he walked away from Alpine. I was, I found it really bizarre that this person who, you know, was right at the beginning of the career was Mm -hmm. throwing an entire team under the bus. Mm -hmm. And I didn't particularly have a problem with him not driving for them. Mm -hmm. But like to do it on Twitter, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, guys we need to have conversations behind closed doors mm-hmm. with our lawyers or whatever mm-hmm. sort this out have an official press statement mm-hmm. he was just like you know killing mm-hmm. alpine mm-hmm. on twitter mm-hmm. i was like that's really weird mm-hmm. um and i was like i'm not i don't know what to think of this guy and then i was like mm-hmm. well clearly this is mark weber that's 
making this happen. Mm -hmm. But still, I found it really bizarre. But now, mm. obviously, the decision was the right one for him. He's in a a, a race winning car, let's call it. Um, and he's doing a really, really good job. Um, and I think it's a bit funny that Lando has not won a race in a McLaren. Yeah. Even if the race is just a sprint race. But yeah, so I think I got Piastri wrong. I think he's actually quite likable. Um, uh, and I'm glad he won. And I, I hope he goes on to win lots more. Yeah. I think he's very good. And um, I'm very surprised that he held on to the win. He's doing very, 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 very well for a rookie. And I think I'm buying into the Oscar Piastri hype. And I don't necessarily blame him for the whole Alpine thing because I, I think I hate Alpine. Like, they kind of ruined drivers. Like, I feel like they messed up Daniel Ricciardo. I feel like they messed up Nico Hulkenberg. They've got Esteban Ogan, who's such a big, you know, uh, what was the word I used before? He's such a goober. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I like Alpine. So if the fight is between Piastri and Alpine, I think I'll take Piastri's side. And also the whole thing with Fernando, it was just so, so wild. So I'll definitely take Piastri's side. Yeah. And I'm very proud of him for winning. And I think it's so insane that he won before uh, Lando. But I have to yeah. be very careful with that because George did win before Lewis and it did break me and it took me many months to recover from mm. that. So, yeah, I can't, I can't rub it in Lando's face too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of rubbing things in people's faces, <laughs> Lance Stroll. Oh, no. Oh, How's what happened? Doing? Why is he in jail or something? I, don't, I didn't watch his press conference, but he's like arrested by the FIA and charged with manslaughter. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so he had a bad time i think it was like his he's not getting out of q1 at any point mm. and alonso is um like scored three times as many points as him or something yeah. and the team is basically going to lose p4 in the championship because of lance stroll mm -hmm. and over the weekend aston martin or lawrence stroll announced you know they're going to be in le mans with the mm -hmm. valkyrie and have a hypercar program mm-hmm and everyone was like, oh, that makes sense because Lance can't drive a Formula One car, so we're going to send him to <laughs> endurance racing now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I think he's under a lot of media pressure and all sorts. And then when he got out of his car, he threw the steering wheel, which you're not supposed to do. Mm. He got out and he like physically assaulted his trainer and started shoving him and pushing him. And... Um, yeah, the was it a real shove gave. though? Because I haven't seen it. Was it like a? Was it like sometimes there's like heat between the a driver and the trainer? But was this like a real aggressive shove, or was it more yeah. just like? I think so. Go watch the video. Okay. Um, yeah, let's see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Watch the video now. We'll, we'll we'll do it live. But while you're looking for the video, <laughs> I, th I think he d he did an interview as well, and he only answered six. Where he was giving like one word answers. Um, uh -huh. And yeah, so I think he's having a bit of a rough time. Um, he's had to like issue an apology. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, there was a oh, thing about ad. how I need to wait for the ad Geely, the Chinese mm -hmm. company Geely, they have a lot of shares in Aston Martin, but okay. like Lawrence Stroll has more. Uh, yeah. And so apparently Geely want to become the majority share owner mm. and put Guan Yu Zhou or Zhou Guan Yu mm. into that car. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it's, it's uh, videos coming be... on now. All right, so Great. he's getting out of the car. He's angry. Mm -hmm. There's his trainer. He's like, you person. And then he grabs him and then he kind of just walks away. He didn't really shove him. He hasn't shoved him. Oh, there it is. Okay, that was a real shove. That was unnecessary. Why? Oh. 
<laughs> I thought because he's like the the trainer kind of like holds on to Lance for like a second and then he like yeah. pushes his hand off. So I thought that was the shove, and then he actually yeah. shoves him. That's why that's so that's so sad that the trainer he literally didn't do anything. He was just like there. I know. Oh my god! Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think there's going to be Aston Martin team down the line because Lawrence Stroll because F1 teams are so profitable now Mm -hmm. would walk away with huge amounts of profit Lance can go racing World Endurance Championship Geely take over the team they can put Zhou Guan Yu in Honda provide the engine they put Yuki Tsunoda in suddenly like it becomes like Team Asia Mm -hmm. and you can like really try and exploit the Asian market get (laughs) more people interested in things so I, I I don't know. I suspect that's what's going to be happening. So there's a couple of things with Lance, right? Because not the thing is with his dad running the company, he's guaranteed a seat, and it's just going to depend on either if his dad gets rid of the company or if Lance doesn't want to race himself. Because there's no universe I see where La- Lawrence Stroll publicly disowns his son and says you don't have a seat anymore. Like that would I I just cannot imagine that happening. So. My theory from you that I liked before is that Lauren Stroll would sell the team for a profit to somebody else, like maybe Hugo Boss or whatever, and then there's nothing holding Lance to his seat. This new thing, which has really hit the internet, which is this thing that Lance Stroll doesn't want to be in F1, and I don't know how real that is and how much of it is like things being put in the media to make Lance feel a certain way, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense to me otherwise. Whoever wants to leave F1, you only do that when you've reached the end of an illustrious career like nobody else wants to leave f1 so i don't think he i don't just think ask that's Hulkenberg. True. right yeah <laughs> so he's back in like seb left but he left after a very long time multiple championships you know so he's okay to leave at that point so i i think that this whole idea of lance wants to leave is fake i think that he's only gonna leave if his dad sells the team or maybe this hypercar thing has some weight to it, but even then, he's going to have to convince Lance to go race in hypercar. Because if Lance says, no, I want to be an F1, his dad's not going to say, you can't be an F1. Like, the, for, for for Lauren Stroll, making the team profitable was yeah. a priority, and being P4 or P5 in the championship is not the priority for him, I don't think. Um, I will say, though, that it's crazy how much he's able to turn that team around from the lows of, like, uh, racing point for Sahara, whatever it was. What was it in the middle? It was like a combination of the two. Sahara point, force, force point, force racing. It was Sahara, force India, and then it became racing point. Okay, I thought there was one in between where it's kind of like a combo of both. But anyway, like he took it from that low point and he's made it into such a big brand. And you have other teams that are struggling for money and have never been able to turn their finances around. So it's pretty impressive that he's like that good of a businessman. He's really been able to turn it around. I think that's what he specializes in. Isn't it? He buys brands that are like failing, makes them profitable, and then sells them. Oh my god! He needs to buy me. I'm failing. He can make me profitable, then he can sell me. <laughs> I like the idea. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Speaking of failing and not profitable, Sergio Perez. Ooh. <laughs> so he crashed out on Saturday. Did he get pushed off, or was it all by himself? I can't remember. No, that was the one where it was like. He got squeezed a little bit. I actually think that might have been Ocon's fault, right? It was like him, Ocon, and Oh, yeah, there was else. a thing because there was three cars all next to each other. It was it Albon? Yeah, yeah, Albon. And uh, they didn't realize that Perez was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he just went off. And um, 
there was all this stuff about the championship can keep going if Perez finishes in blah 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 position. And Perez was like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to finish." <laughs> so they, it's like that meme where it's like they don't know that I'm going. I'm not yeah. going to finish. <laughs> and, and then he crashed so, out. It's, yeah, yeah. there's lots of noises about like the team turning against him. And apparently Christian Horner's not being supportive and being like, there's a problem with Max. Uh, there's a problem with Perez, not the car. Mm. And Perez, you know, he says, as we started to develop the car, it felt like the car went away from me. I had to start chasing, always the balance and compromise. I was having to make some compromises here and there. But anyway, those details are internal with the team and it's something we are all aware of. And hopefully next year, it can be a different story. Will Perez get a next year? Yeah, he will for sure. I, I right now Red Bull has nothing to lose. Like I've said it multiple times, but there's no reason to replace Perez right now. Like, what are they? They're gonna win both championships. You know why do they need a better driver? Like why? It's gonna be frustrating watching him not do well. Yeah. If you're a fan of the team, you're gonna be frustrated. But here's here's an alternative. Let me give you. What if you know Mercedes George was Russell. Red Bull this year? Yeah, and Lewis was yeah. winning both championships, and George was finishing P13 and P14. Would we want to replace George? No, we would. I would not care. Yeah. So that's exactly that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. Red Bull are onto something because mm-hmm. they're not generating the problems that Mercedes will have, mm-hmm. uh, and like other teams have had when two drivers inside the team are very close. I think if Daniel uh, is really good next year, then there's a chance that Sergio leaves, and he'll either do a one year in like a B team or he'll leave the sport entirely. But for now, I w- if I was Christian Horner. No reason to change it. Unless his crashes are costing us money. Then there's an argument that let's get somebody who is competent enough not to crash. But if you're not really losing money on his crashing, then why would you ever change it? It's a winning formula you have right now. Yeah. A lot of pressure on him. I guess you could say he's feeling the heat. I don't get it. Ah, Because it was hot in Qatar. Everyone was like sweating and dying. To the next point of the episode. Feeling the heat. (laughs) <laughs> so it was really really hot obviously um logan Sargent had to retire i was cold i had to feel unwell <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently all the press people yeah were really cold because they were inside yeah and it was all was air broken. conditioned but like to yeah. mac yeah. yeah and so they had to like wrap up in blankets and things <laughs> oh but God. anyway Sargent retired yeah. russell you saw that weird thing where he has his hands out of the car mm-hmm. yeah um, that really confused me. I was trying to work out what was going on. So I think at that point I was putting my daughter to bed. Yeah. And I was lying on the floor. She was in her crib. And what I do sometimes is I put my phone under her crib and like yeah. read stuff or watch stuff. So I was watching the race under the bed, but obviously I've got it on mute so that she mm-hmm. falls asleep. And suddenly I just see George Russell's hands come out the cockpit and come up. <laughs> and I thought he was asking for help. Like he couldn't break or something. And he's like, help me. Help me. I was like, what is he doing? Um, but yeah, so obviously he was just trying to cool himself down. But um, Alonso asked to have water thrown on him. Yeah. Oscar was like collapsing at the end. Albin couldn't get out of his car, had to go to the medical center. I think Lance had to go to the medical center. Mm. So Martin Brundle comes out with, oh, I think it's great. You know, it shows like how hard the drivers work. I think we should do this more. And everyone else in the entire universe is like, oh my God, Martin, shut up. Like, <laughs> we don't need to like torture people to the points of unsafe damage. Yeah. Um, 
And I managed to dig out an old letter that I didn't know I still had. Hmm. And I put it on Twitter, which was from McLaren, from when I used to do research work there. And the first project you can see was dehydration, risks to a Formula One driver. Hmm. And um, I used to sit and collect data off Lewis and Jensen. I think there was some stuff from Heike Kovalainen. And we used to look at how much weight they would lose in races. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Malaysia, Singapore were the worst. You'd lose two, three kilos there. And these guys would like, you know, preload loads of fluid on board mm-hmm. over the weekend. They'd be drinking like six liters plus. Because wow. if you're at like 100% volume, like euvolemic, yeah. Yeah. you your performance is fine. But the second you drop below 98%, so like you're 2% dehydrated according to body mass. Mm-hmm. Your performance goes off, your cognition goes off, your reflexes go off. Mm-hmm. And you see how close these people are racing to each other. Um, suddenly you have people out there who are, it, it, it's like, I don't know, putting drivers out on the track who are a little bit drunk. Mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I was probably going to be fine. So I is think it it's a huge safety issue. Is it or is it water? It must be an electrolyte mix, right? Yeah, this is why they were all sponsored by different people. So like, mm-hmm. even though they've got like their... They're, I was going to say beaker. That, that's what my daughter has. What's the what's, what the water bottle, right? And it says like Red Bull or Monster yeah. Energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's actually all like um, electrolyte. So when I was at McLaren, they had to deal mm-hmm. with GSK. Mm-hmm. Through the LucasAid brand, yeah. they were creating these blends and things to for the drivers. Um, so yeah, they're not actually drinking... They're not drinking water through the water bottles. They're not drinking. Mm. They're not actually drinking Red Bull. Obviously, they're not chugging they're like seven Red Bulls throughout drinks. the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened so yeah, with your research huge project? What were the issue. results of it? Can you? Are you allowed to say, or is it still under lock and key? I don't know what I can and can't say, but essentially, it was about seeing if we could create a predictive model for how much weight the driver is going to lose. Because I remember meeting with some of the engineers and they said, if it's up to us, all the weight that the driver sweat would just mm-hmm. sit in the suit mm-hmm. and the suit would keep that weight because then we know how much we're going to weigh at the end. Because mm-hmm. if we can say, yes, we're going to weigh X kilos, mm-hmm. we're not going to overfuel or add extra weight because we just mm-hmm. want to come in over the weight limit and no more. Whereas the medical side were saying, we want breathable suits so that the sweat can evaporate so the drivers can not overheat and keep their core temperature under control. Mm-hmm. So there was this feeling from the engineers where, well, actually, we quite like it when the sweat gets stuck in the clothes mm-hmm. because we have a predictable weight then. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, let's create an equation that says to us how much weight the driver is going to lose based on track intensity, humidity, wow. all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So that that was the basis of the work wow that's pretty cool you know you always talk about how you're not interested in research and how everybody else has 30 40 publications but you have zero but this is the real research you did and it had real world consequences and that's how lewis hamilton won in 2008 i know that's even though i started working with the team in 2010 (laughs) yes amazing incredible good good work and um let's break into mclaren my work no no yes you know what I will take credit for this. My work mm-hmm. at the team of McLaren and the things I did mm-hmm. inspired Lewis to leave. And because he <laughs> left and went to Mercedes, he won all those world championships. So if you think about it, it's all because of me. And if you're listening to this as a Team LH fan, you're welcome. 
You are welcome. A couple things I want to say about the heat. That was really funny. Um, A couple things I want to say about the heat is, one, is do you think the heat is why George, when he got put on the softs at the end, just didn't perform at all? Because I feel like if that was Lewis, he would have actually challenged for a podium. George had the softs put on and then kind of just like tumbled on towards the end. Was it because he was just so heat dehydrated? Probably. Like he wouldn't have been performing at his best. They may Mm -hmm. have been multifactorial. They may have Mm -hmm. been like the car just wasn't working as well in the heat and all of this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you can almost guarantee his performance was not at his optimum. Okay, and then one, and then two, what are you going to do with the heat? Because, like, you don't really have an option. Like, you can't control the weather. It's the same as, like, having heavy rain. Like, you can't stop the race and wait for the heat. So it's not just the combination of the external heat. So they're moving the race to a different point in the year where it's going to be cooler. Mm -hmm. The driver sat, like, on top of the engine and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, at points, it can get to 60 degrees Celsius inside the car. Wow. Um, So what is that? Yeah, I don't know. Eagles for freedom. Mm. Oh no, I've gone Fahrenheit to Celsius for 140 to Wow, that's yeah, insane. 140. Hot. There you go. I can't believe that. Um so <clears throat> there, there's lots of other things you can do like insulated seats forcing heated elements to be away mm-hmm. from the cockpit further backwards. Mm-hmm. Um cooling elements in seats. Another series do different things. So you know, you look at IndyCar, they've got like those tubes coming in to provide more airflow to cool the drivers and all that kind of stuff. So there are things that other series do that Formula One could think about adopting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lando put it quite well, actually. He was like, I think we found the limit and it's a shame we found it this way. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was afraid do... that people were going to say that the drivers should be better, especially when Logan retired because it was the first one to complain about the heat i was like oh this isn't going to be good people are going to really attack logan for something that's not really fair but it was good that yeah. the other drivers struggled as well so i like to think that maybe lewis crashed out in the beginning because the heat would have caused him to have an even worse crash or something like that i like to think that his crash in the beginning protected him from something worse saved him from something else yeah hopefully yeah. saved him from george god <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he only had to share the racetrack with George for less one than one lap as yeah. opposed to however many there were, yeah. I literally hate it, though. Can you Great. imagine if Lewis had started second and then crashed out and everyone had blamed Max? Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> oh, uh. That would have been worse. Where are we going next? Are we in America next? Yeah, and I'm going to be there. Oh, my God, I'm so nervous. You're going? Yeah. You didn't know that? I when mean, is I, it? I did know is, that. I did know uh, that. <laughs> so I'm leaving uh, Friday morning so i'm on night yeah. still i'm doing my 13 14 hour shifts so i will be awake uh-huh. for about 38 hours which is gonna be amazing but okay. um Great. i'm gonna land in the middle of qualifying unfortunately so i'll miss qualifying yeah. uh, but i'll make it to the track yeah. in turn for probably like the concerts i think it's gonna be the killers so i'm quite excited to watch mm. the killers and then saturday there's a sprint race so i'll watch that and then also our friend who we discovered Bianca Bustamante will be racing on Saturday. So I'm very excited to watch her race in person. Yeah. And to see F1 Academy, Mm. I'll be very happy for that. And then Sunday's the race and then I'll be leaving Monday. But yeah, I'm very excited to do it. My only thing I'm nervous about is is, so last time I got a rental car so I could control when I get to the the track. But it was there was Mm. so much traffic that it was hours and hours. And all the people who booked the shuttles were getting in and out way before me. 
because the, like, the shuttles were super mm. empty. So it was like the shuttle was the way to go. So this year I booked a shuttle. But my fear is that all the people who drove last year are also booking shuttles and that the shuttle will not be the mm. way to go. So let's see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how I can get to the track or not. But otherwise, I'm do you know what excited. you need? What do I need? Electric unicycle. <laughs> well, you know, apparently. Then you, you can... can beat the cars. <laughs> apparently, there is a Coda helicopter. But it's $500 a ride, and I cannot afford it. But apparently there is actually oh, a Kota helicopter that will take you to and from the track on a helicopter. <laughs> oh, my God. I just remembered something I was supposed to show you. This will make for terrible podcast content. <laughs> but, That's fine. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a photo on my phone that I'm going to show you before we stop recording. Um, so, you know how I've always, like, not understood Piastri's head? <laughs> yeah and i was like why is that his hairstyle yeah so the other day i showered as i like to do uh, (laughs) and i did not um dry my hair Uh and look at what my hair did (laughs) (laughs) our fiasco piastri our piastri oh my god were you trying to cosplay as him that's exactly his hair that's his hair. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh no, I've got Piastri's <laughs> hair. The worst uh, thing about him. Uh, and not, not anywhere near his driving skill. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. We Wait, are very excited to bring you. That we had to talk about? Did we cover everything? I think we covered all the important drivers. Let's just yeah, quickly. Let's go um, through the list of the drivers. You know, I, think, I think about. it's important. Yeah. So you go through the list of the drivers from the document. I'm pulling up something else. Okay, I know. So we talked about George. We talked about Lewis. We talked about Oscar. We talked about Lando. We talked about Lance. We talked about Alonzo. We talked about Ocon. I mentioned him briefly. We talked about Perez. Uh, I don't yeah. think we've forgotten anyone. I can't think of just any driver. Just, uh, what, do you know what we'll do? We'll do a quick recap of where people finished. So Logan Sargent didn't. Oh, no, this is qualifying. I'm looking at. Oh, is this a race? Sprint shootout, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? He's always Sprint last. classification, <laughs> race. Right, yeah. Race. Okay, so, oh no, Carlos Sainz didn't even start because of a fuel leak. <clears throat> Lewis Hamilton yeah. retired. Hmm. Logan Sargent, oh my God, on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. So next to Carlos Sainz, it says fuel leak. Next to Lewis Hamilton, it says collision. And next to Logan Sargent, it says heat stroke. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> anyway, and then 17th, Liam Lawson. 16th, Hulkenberg, mm-hmm. Sonoda, Magnussen. Mm-hmm. Albin, Gasly, mm. Stroll, Perez scored a point, mm. Zhou Guanyu, mm. um, and Valtteri Bottas came home with double points finish. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, double that. points finish. Mm-hmm. Ocon, Fernando Alonso, Leclerc, mm. Russell Norris, and then Piastri came home in second. Great, great weekend Excellent for race. all those Perfect. people. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys, thank you so much for uh, listening. Cool. <laughs> Have a nice day. We will see, <laughs> see you, you next in time. Austin. Bye. Bye. Do you think anyone caught on to the fact that we missed out on? Oh, they're slow. It's a slow pit stop, Rocky. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.